Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Spinning Our Gears podcast. As a reminder, all issues, views, and opinions discussed on this podcast are those of the hosts and our guests and do not reflect that of any department, agency, city, municipality, state, or country. All stories, characters, and individuals discussed on this podcast should be considered fictional for entertainment value. Blue Falcons, we're looking at you. This show is rated explicit. We will be using a lot of naughty words. If that's not your cup of tea, cool. Hit the big X and find something else, because listener discretion is advised. We are on all major social media sites as well as podcasting platforms. If you'd like to contact any one of us, you can go to www.spinningourgears.com, click the Contact Us link, and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Now, without any further fanfare or ado, here are your hosts, and once again, this is the Spinning Our Gears podcast. Hey, hey, hey. You guys thought you were getting the episode right away, didn't you? No, I figured we would take care of business before we jumped into the episode. Listen, the temperatures are getting really, really cold outside right now. I get it. You don't want to go out there. You don't want to shovel snow. There's a lot of stuff you don't want to be doing right now. But one of the best ways to beat the cold, to beat the snow, is to sit inside, listen to a podcast, maybe read a book, and drink a cup of coffee. And I know exactly where you can find the best of the best when it comes to all of those. You're already listening to Spinning Our Gears podcast, so you've got the best podcast out there. Now, if you're looking for a good cup of coffee, you head over to the Risen Warrior Coffee Company. Risen Warrior Coffee Company uses the best ingredients they can find. They're locally owned and they're family owned. They believe that a good cup of coffee can change someone's world, and they're serious about that. They currently have two new flavors out called Highlander Grog and Tropical Coconut Cream. And what's really, really cool is if you get over to their website right now, maybe you're not going to order coffee right now, and that's fine. But if you head over to their website right now, you can vote for what flavors they're going to have next month, which is awesome. I think that's very, very cool and a sweet idea. Head over there. Use code Turk and Swagger at checkout to get 10% off your first order. Then, once you have that done, you've got your coffee, you're ready to listen to your podcast, now you need a book, right? Well, I've got just the book for you. Because, ironically, your boy wrote a book. I know, I can't believe it either. I wrote a book, and it's called Imposters on the Throne, Warriors in the Shadows. It is a law enforcement leadership book that also covers some other sides of leadership and other businesses and platforms. But we talk about all the negatives in leadership right now, all the things that we need to change. Uh, so far, it's got some pretty good reviews, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited that I was able to write it. I was able to publish it. I hope you guys are excited, too. I would love it if you went over to Amazon and either looked up Turk Gallagher or Imposters on the Throne warriors in the shadows we offer paperback hardcover and a kindle version i think you're gonna like it too all right guys now now that you have your coffee now that you have your book now that you have your podcast let's get over to the show
Well, welcome back, everyone, to a very, very, very special episode of the Spinning Our Gears podcast. Not only a special episode, this is season three. We're kicking off season three in style. Uh, we're welcoming in two brand new co-hosts to the show. We have Kenyon from Tazed and Confused and Erica, who's got a lot going on. I'll let her explain that here in a minute. Um, <laughs> but you guys will probably recognize them from episodes that we had last year. Uh, before we, we jump into it, I do want to talk a little business here real quick. You guys might notice that we're, we're missing somebody. Uh, Swagger contacted me a couple, three days ago. And just wanted to let me know that he's got some stuff going on at home. He said it was all positive, but he has to take a step away from the podcast for a little bit. We're not exactly sure how long that's going to be. He knows that he's always got a seat at the table, though. And whenever he's ready to come back, he's got a seat here for us. So uh, we want to wish him well with whatever's going on. But that's kind of why we're missing one right now. So, Kenyon, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not too much, man. I'm glad to be back. It's good to have you back. It's good yeah. to have you on. Had a lot of fun uh kind of bullshitting and talking about yeah <laughs> life on patrol so yeah i'm excited for uh, a little bit more of that more of that yeah erica what's going on with you i know you got a lot changing since the last <laughs> time we talked to you yeah i've got a facebook page up and running now um for the when uh, for the uh, warrior wellness and recovery initiative um i just got my my plc um for for that um course i'm just now starting uh, to work with you guys on on the podcast and just man life is life is good i mean it's um i'm doing exactly what i want to be doing um with the exact population i want to be doing it with and just getting all of that up and running I'm laying the groundwork now so uh so it's got a solid foundation to move forward how does it feel i know that you weren't necessarily handcuffed but now like we talked about just before we hit record you've got you know, no restrictions at this point. You can do it how you want to do it. How does that feel? Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it's so even when I was at Windmill Wellness Ranch, um, they, they were all laughing because that, the, you know, each of the buildings has names. So the clients know, you know, where to go to see what people and they put me in a building and the name of the building was Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> And, and to be honest with you, you know, Shannon Mela, she's the CEO of Windmill. Um, she gave me really absolute latitude. Um, they saw the results early on um, with my, I have an extremely low recidivism rate or return rate for clients that have been through inpatient. And uh, so I, I respect that she was a, you know, there's still policies and procedures that I had to abide by, but um, I was pretty much given the latitude to do what I wanted to do the way that I wanted to do it. And I've, I've been pretty lucky um, in that respect, as I have that at Warrior's Heart as well. Um, I was there for a little over two years, and um, and now I'm, I'm doing it in private practice. So I feel like I've kind of taken the, the best of all the worlds that I've been in and combine it. So when I'm talking with somebody, I'm, I'm not just a therapist. I'm somebody that's had boots on the ground, and that's that's been a, a mission for me. Um, well, I, I, well, in recovery, I went back to school 18 months into recovery to do exactly yeah. what I'm doing today. So it's good. Huge leap of faith, too. Huge yeah. leap of faith. Kenyon, oh, yeah. did I see that you've got a new a new sponsor over on your page, Taze and Confused? Yeah, so I um, just recently uh, became a brand affiliate for Frontline Optics. Um, so uh, I, I, I actually saw them... Um, through the meme page, uh, poorly made police memes, which is like 
I mean, I think I think nearly every cop that's on Instagram is following that, and Facebook is following poorly made police memes because it's just great. But um, I I was uh, curious and interested, and so I looked into it, and and it's a um, it's a first responder owned business, and um, I really love supporting first responder owned businesses, and um, you know of course I'm. I'm on social media to make money, right? <laughs> um, we're, all, we're all rich, apparently. <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, we're all rich. No, I, I have, you know, I've got my own, you know, we are a sing, single, um, like a, a single income family. Uh, my wife has has some health issues. I think I addressed that on the on the podcast with you. And so I'm constantly looking for for new ways to just kind of earn an extra income with that that are not going to take me away, you know, time away from my family. So, you know, I'm not delivering pizzas at night. I'm yeah. I'm, you know, I'm trying to, you know, build an online um income, right? That's yeah. going to help support my family. So, that's ultimately what it comes down to, but really um you know, I try to make that focus on um, bringing up other first responders, and so this is a first responder. He's, a, I, th- I believe, he's a firefighter out of San Diego. Uh, so that's two points against him. Um, but <laughs> we are all in the same first responder family. So um, I got my, I got my pair, um, I got my pair in. They've already got a scratch on them, so that's my bad. Um, but they're great. They're great sunglasses, um, and they've got a uh, no, no questions asked. Um, Re, um, replacement guarantee. So all you do is you pay like a twelve dollar processing fee, and they'll send you a completely new pair, no questions asked. So it's it's a great you know it's a it's a great business. Part of their proceeds go goes to um, first responder children's program, which our foundation, which um, helps first responders who or children of first responders who have um, lost their lives in the, in the line of duty. So it's a it's a great. Uh, great cause, great uh, little business, and, and great to support them. Um, so, if you're interested, check it out frontlineoptics.com. Um, the promo code is tased, tased15 uh, for 15% off. Um, Kenyon, if you'll send that information to me, I'll get it posted on Shadows of the Badge. Yeah. We're not I'll a huge that. page, but we're about 15,000. So, I'll get yeah, you some sure I'm always sure happy to a brother. So, absolutely. Poorly made police memes has their own show, and it's uh-huh. kind of funny because they, the host of that show, moved to I think the western side of Iowa. Okay. And uh, I don't really publicize at my current place of employment this whole show. If it pops up, it pops up. But someone happened to talk about how they loved that show and how they couldn't believe he moved to the western state of Iowa. And I was like, well, if you like someone from Iowa, you should listen to this show. And then <laughs> 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 a little under the table type of thing. But. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, uh, those of you who are watching on YouTube or just the video version of the podcast, you see that we've still got some lights up here on my side of things. It's January 3rd, the date that we're recording this, and I thought this would be a great opportunity not only to introduce you guys to the show, but just kind of give a wrap-up from our holiday season and how things went. Um, Obviously, as first responders, when it comes to that career field, the holiday season can kind of be all over the place. Um, I've incredibly fortunate especially this year where i'm working more bankers hours so i was able to have the holiday off but i've i've been there and i know you know the guys and girls that are on the front line that unfortunately have to to spend the holiday in their patrol car so um i don't know kenyan i think you worked a little bit during the holiday right 
Yeah, I had New Year or excuse me, I had Christmas Eve off, um, but I worked Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, my my department's really cool. They're they're very family oriented, and so my sergeant was like, "Hey, just check on, be sure you, you're, be sure that you're all geared up. You've got your radio on. You're you know, let dispatch know that you're available." But he's like, "You can you know, as long as there's no calls that are you know really demanding it, um, you can." stay home and, and kind of have Christmas morning with your, with your family. So I got to do that. I'm, I, I'm lucky. I know that a lot of guys out there that are working those holidays don't get to do that. So I got to open presents with my, with my kids. And, um, you know, that was a really great, um, that, that was a really great thing to have on Christmas day because that's something that, you know, I, I don't look forward to working, the holidays. I mean, it's great for, you know, you, you get the, the time and a half pay and all that kind of stuff, you know, but I like spending time with my family too. And, and of course my wife loves holidays and she, she hates it when I have to work them, but it's, right. um, you know, I, I get that it's just part of the job. I think that and I'm almost positive every department that I've worked at, they've been kind of the same mentality. If you live in town, you know, go 10, eight, but then park your cruiser in the driveway my thing was I was almost always on overnights. So it wasn't like we were going home for the holidays and it was yeah. kind of a weird feeling where, you know, even like Migs and I, we were good friends and we were pretty proactive, but on those holidays, it had that weird feeling to it where we were just 10, eight and you'd go find a little section of the city and you'd go sit there and, you know, watch Netflix or something because yeah. <laughs> it, it was weird not being at home, even though you knew your family was all asleep and it wasn't going to, you were going to get to see them the next day if you stayed up or whatever. But yeah, Erica, I think you said you had family over, right? You were pretty busy. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, the, the holidays are really special for me now. They they weren't always that way, and Kenyon kind of alluded to that just a little bit. For me, it was it was almost just another work day. Um, but you know, when I was a younger officer, I was a, a single parent, and I would get told because I was the younger officer, I needed to take the holidays. And so, as I aged in the apart uh, department. This might at this point I'm making rank, and so now I'm working holidays so my officers can take their their holidays off with their officers. So to be honest with you, and an inpatient when you work in an inpatient treatment field that doesn't take off because it's Christmas or Thanksgiving or yeah. Easter or doesn't care. <clears throat> Addiction doesn't slow down during the holidays. So um, for me, this year is the first year, and I don't know how many years. It's been at least a decade. Um, but I was at home for both Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was amazing. My, it's a crazy uh, feeling, isn't it? Like oh, something's man. wrong here. What's what's yeah. the issue? It it took a little getting used to. I mean, don't don't worry. I got used to it fairly quickly. <laughs> but you know, it took a little use getting. Uh, it took a little time getting used to. But no, I mean, you know, you like I said, Turk. You you know some of my story, and uh, um, I have a the, the I call him the youngest in my litter, but it's the, <laughs> the youngest son. He's twenty two, and. Uh, he called me out of the blue a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, mom, can I come spend the night? He does this two or three times a year. And uh, the, the fact that I have a 22-year-old son, he wants to come hang out with his mother a few times a year, that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah. I made sure that my, my schedule was completely clear and I, I got to have a, yeah, we went, we went axe throwing. Merry Christmas. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess question for both of you guys, the Icarus when I came from there and, and it's kind of the same here now uh they were very big on forcing the shift down to minimums because we made that holiday time and because we accrued time so there were a couple of holidays there where 
I was actually forced off because the senior guys were looking for that time off. Do you guys have any experience with that at all or any anything like that? No. no, I can't say that I do. Yeah, it kind of a weird feeling because you almost couldn't bank on you couldn't make any plans because you didn't know when yeah. you were going to get that time off. But yeah, yeah, some of the senior guys were wanting it because they wanted to take time off later. But a little different. So, um, yeah. how, this so this year, did either one of you guys get any fun special gifts or give any fun special gifts? I did, and I'm like. <laughs> You guys go ahead and yap. I'm going to go grab mine because we're going to do um, online show and tell. Sounds good. <laughs> Anything fun this year, Kenyon? Um, th- this year was pretty low key. Um, we didn't we didn't do anything. We didn't do anything too crazy. We um, we have this we have this tradition um, that that we like our 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 Santa gifts right. We get um, a fun gift a learning gift and a um like a christ-centered gift right Mm -hmm. so um i we got we got each other board games my wife and i okay and then i got a like a work like a workout program for my my learning thing because i'm i'm trying to get in better shape right i had a which one i had a what's that which one are we doing which program oh um it's called bigger leaner stronger okay um, but my, Mike Matthews. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it's like a whole, I mean, it's like a year long thing that he's got, he's got the material for, but I got in a, I got in a foot pursuit a few, um, a couple months ago and after like a block and a half, I caught the guy, but I was gassed yeah. and I was like, <laughs> I need to take my uh, fitness a little more seriously. <laughs> Um, I, so last week, it, I, a lot of stuff going on. Um, I finished 75 hard on Christmas Eve. That was like my Christmas okay. gift to myself. Yeah. And then my big plan was to sleep in the next day. I was excited for it. I got so deathly sick. I spent oh, four days in bed. I didn't get to enjoy any of it. <laughs> but, uh, last night was my first night back to jujitsu and I was so gassed even having that week off being sick. It was, it was terrible so yeah i know how you're feeling there um yeah we we started off when we first had kids our plan was to do the our version was uh something to wear something to read something you want something you need and oh, it started yeah. off well for the first year or so and then we got pretty lax after that <laughs> <laughs> what you got there erica okay i have a phenomenal husband so i want you to guess what this is, what you think it might be. Is that a train lantern? No. Better. <laughs> I don't know. You got well, any guesses, Kenyon? Um, I, I, it looks like an old street light. This is what this is. In the 1800s and before um, law enforcement went from hoof to motorized vehicle this hung on the front of what was essentially a squad in the 1800s this this was for uh, like transporting prisoners okay this sat there were two of them and they sat on either side of the carriage to light the way and then if you needed to run after your bad guy because he got away i guess you could always take this off of the thing that it hung on to and this was an 1800s version of a mag light 
badass. It doesn't work the same. You know? Where did he find that? Uh, well, I found it because, oh. you know. I sent him hints. Like, literally, this is what I want for Christmas and just started dropping links. I found this on Etsy. I spend yeah. a lot of money there. Christmas isn't as fun now that with like cell phones and computers when you can just drop a link and say, this is what I want. That was kind of the same thing for, for her and I. It was, here's our Amazon list. Just go ahead and get it for us. Just don't look, don't look at what we bought. So, Well, I, I told my husband I wanted him to get me one thing that I wasn't choosing for myself, and he yeah. did that. So yeah. he's good. He's a good guy. Well, I don't know if anything's going to beat that, but my next question was going to be, looking back on your lives, what's the most memorable gift you had? whether it be as a kid, as an adult, as a police officer, anything in between. I got this one. Okay. Um, so when my son was about two years old, um, I was still a young enough officer that I was uh, still living in the same backyard I shit in. I had figured out that that was dumb. Uh, so I was still living in the city I was working in. And uh, at a house fire, um, Little boy got a hold of my lighter, he lit the Christmas tree on fire, and well, the rest is, you know, you can fill in the blanks, but um, we lost pretty much everything, and so this is before the days of the internet, um, this is in the super early 90s, um, 91, 92, and uh, the, chief sec the chief's wife was a teacher, I think she was a substitute elementary school teacher, and we lost everything. And so it made the Colleen Daily Herald, which is the big newspaper in that area. And um, I was I worked the day of that fire. I bought, uh, borrowed a friend's uniform. He happened to be about the same size as me. And so I borrowed his uniform and his boots and I went to work. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, I'm earning money. <laughs> I got to replace all this shit I just lost. And uh, anyway, I went into the PD and every day I'd come in and there would be checks in my, my little inbox just from random citizens that had read the newspaper article. The, here's the best part of it. I absolutely did not have money for a Christmas tree that year. I was broke. I was a single mom. Um, I was a, a, still pretty much a rookie police officer in a small town PD. And the chief's wife um, had her school kids, they told the school kids the story and the school kids made Christmas ornaments out of construction paper and string and the school held a bake sale and bought my son and I a Christmas tree. That's my favorite. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's such a serious story, but all I can think of is like full on Clark Griswold, like cat in the tree. <laughs> it, it was, it was crazy. I mean, it, it literally, and I, and I still have a couple of these ornaments and I'm 53 now. So this happened when I was like 22 years old and tell you how long I've, I've held on to these. But every time I, I open them up, when we go to pull the Christmas ornaments out, I, I always smile because that that's, I think back when communities truly did rally around their, their officers yeah. and man, they rallied. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good stuff. Can it's a great you, story behind it if you ever want to hear the story behind the fire. That's a blast, too. <laughs> you said it was your two-year-old, though? Yeah, he got a hold of Mama's lighter because I smoke. And he lit the Christmas tree and... Eh. You guys are also here today, though. That's what's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kenyon, yeah. you got any good gifts? Any good <laughs> fond memories? Well, I mean, the, the most memorable... Um, and and maybe this sound this is probably going to sound a little more materialistic, but you're asking me what the most memorable present is. So, well, I was like twelve, thirteen. My dad was 
he owned a construction company and we were doing pretty well. And we woke up to like arcade games, nice. like in our living room yeah, that he he bought from a from a, like an arcade that was going out of business. And we were just like flabbergasted that we had like these like full size we you know full size arcade things, and we just like made a whole game room with it, and and it was that that was really cool as far as like presents. That's that's definitely um, one of the most memorable years. Um, yeah. With memories was is probably has to be my um, the first Christmas um, after my son was born, because um, that I mean that was like it's and it's odd it's kind of the opposite of of the other Christmas because that was the lo- nearly the lowest point of my life where I was living in my in laws house and I was broke and we just had this baby and on on the flip side like i had just been hired with the sheriff's office that that uh, out in arizona um i had i you know um thing things were kind of looking up i had a i had a future to look forward to and a present that i was grateful for and then this past that i was hoping to kind of rise rise out of yeah so it was definitely one of the most memorable um, on top of like my son being born, uh, he was born um, in, the day before Halloween, so he was just a newborn back back then. But yeah. you know, it was just a, a time of just um, this transition in my life where um, had, that has led me to where I am now, right? In a career that I that I love, um, that is that provides for my family, and has helped me grow and progress as a person. Yeah, I think you know you both kind of talked about some low points but looking back and seeing where you've come from and where you're at now is kind of a huge like makes you you know puff your chest out a little bit right like man i was able to put in the work and i was able to put in the effort and here i am now so very very cool very cool i gotta say man i I didn't do it by myself i had help from a lot of people um people that stuck by me people that were willing to help me strangers that were willing to help me um so I, i didn't do it all by myself yeah, I definitely wish that I would have uh, been less ignorant growing up. You know, looking back now, realizing you know we weren't we weren't the most financially well off, but my mom and and her parents definitely made it a point to make our holidays special every year. Um, I got to be careful with what I say because I don't know what kids might be listening. But obviously, there's a certain entity around the holidays that some people believe in or don't believe in. And I remember the the first year that I found out that it might not be true. And my mom was very big on like still addressing certain presents from that entity to make sure that it was a uh, laid back and and memorable holiday. So that was pretty cool. Um, When it comes to like me and and memorable gifts, though, I think I'm kind of on board with Kenny when it comes to the kids. And like they're at the age now where I had like... 50 presents under the tree where it was all just like random stuff they found to wrap up but they like very very cool to see they're at that point now where like they want my holidays it be as fun as theirs so definitely definitely memorable there um yeah uh do you guys have any resolutions this year well um i like i said I, i before i'm trying to get in a little bit better shape um, it's been something that I've, that I've kind of struggled. I've never been like, you know, really big, 
but um, just kind of generally being in it, like healthier, right? Because um, I'm get you know I'm I'm not quite um, you know I'm a little bit behind Erica as far as like age, <laughs> but I'm in my third. I'm getting to my mid thirties now, and it's not as easy, right? And so I feel like I have have a responsibility to myself and to my family being in this career um, to be in good shape um, so that I can take care of myself to, you know, be there for my family. And, you know, my kids are growing up. I want to be able to do stuff with them and, you know, run, run around and not be huffing and puffing and stuff. And so uh, this, this year, that's my biggest resolution. Just getting in better shape. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That's twofold. Um, I, uh, so I climbed, <laughs> Tan, uh, well, I climbed Kilimanjaro uh, two years ago in Tanzania, and I had to get back in shape because it had been a while, you know, when you're not active in law enforcement anymore, you don't necessarily have that motivation. And uh, so I had to get back in shape. And uh, after I came down the mountain, um, I kind of let it all hang out again. And uh, so I've, I've got, I'm, I'm not worried about reaching a certain weight. I, I do want to get in better shape because uh, I did. I kind of went crazy after I stopped training for Killy. So I got I to gotta get that shit turned around. Um, but, you know, the main one for me anyway, it's, it's not a New Year's resolution. It's, it's my mission in life. And that's literally to help every other veteran and first responder out there who asks for help, that that, that help is available for them. Um, Warriors Healing Warriors by people that have had boots on the ground and understand some of the, the shit that we've been through. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, unless you've been there and you've done that, even for a short time, you don't understand it. Like, I, I was contacted by uh, a therapist, and basically she and, like, her group were accepting new clients. And because I hold the community service or... PIO or whatever position it is now, um, they reached out to me to have that like initial meeting. And it was cool because they at least had that initiative where they wanted to help out, but you could just tell like they haven't been through it. So I don't know if I can really give them that backing and tell the whole department, Hey, go to these guys because I don't know that they, they have that background or that experience. They can actually provide the help they need to. But like I said, at least they're being somewhat, you know, proactive. Well, I mean, you know, one of the one of the coolest things that I get to see on a fairly regular basis, um, and, you know, I've been in therapy myself for years. I, I had a lot of stuff I needed to deal with, and I, I finally built up the, the courage to say I can't do this shit on my own. And, of course, that's what I now try to do for, for others, paying it forward. Um, but, you know, I don't know where I was going with that. Other than when people need help, we really should make sure that it's available for them. Yeah. You know, because it hasn't always been that way. And I think things are getting better. I know, Turk, you and I have talked about that a little bit. Things are starting to turn around, but man, we have such a long way to go with that, you know. And so for me, when I have a client walk in, you know, they're, they're like every they're like me every time I ever walked into a therapist's office. Like, who the fuck are you? What are you about? And, you know, I don't even know if I want to be here right now. And so when they can walk into the shrink's office, me being the shrink, and they look up there and they see the pictures of me. Sorry. I've got dogs that don't always want to behave. Hold on a second. It wouldn't be an SOG episode if there wasn't a dog barking in the background. Well, there you go. But, um, 
you know, when I was saying about, you know, just making sure that that help is available. And, and when I when I see somebody walk into my session room and they see the badges and the patches up on the wall from not only my stuff, but other people that I've treated that wanted to um, honor the work that they did. And so I've had badges given to me. I've had patches over the years, people that I've treated. And when they walk in and they see those, they know they're home. Yeah. They, they know there's somebody else in this room that there's a really good chance they really are going to understand some of the shit that I need to talk about and get off my chest. Yeah. I think yeah. we definitely have gotten, and like you said, we talked about it before, but we've definitely gotten to a point where we're at least breaking the stigma. And I think yeah. that's something that's very cool with all three of us here. Um, we all have that kind of focus or that mindset or that goal. Um, we're just at the point now where it's, it's like the law enforcement community doesn't know where to go from here. They weren't prepared for us to break the stigma maybe as quickly as we have. I'm not saying we as in the show, but just we as in the community in general. So we definitely have a long way to go, but I think we're making there. There are more of us out there than, than certainly than there were previously. And um, I I think at least we're, we're, we're in the right, we're headed in the right direction now. Yeah. It's going to take time. I've, I've said this for years, you know, everybody's, Oh, we've got to convince the, the brass to change their thinking. And my, my line of thinking all along has been, oh, man, we, we, we've got to educate the younger officers. We've got to educate them during the back in police academies yes. about the importance of mental health. And so that when they gradually attrish into becoming senior officers, and now they're the rule makers, mm-hmm. they're making rules that make sense. Absolutely. Um, it... I, I've got a buddy and I won't go, it's his story, but basically he admitted to a, like a group of people at training one day that he was feeling off that day because he'd had his meds adjusted. And like there was a member of admin there and to see the look on their face when he said that, like it just made you kind of realize how far we have to go. Like yeah. we had to make sure that that guy was taken care of after that and that the admin wasn't going to do something you yeah. know, that they shouldn't do, but uh, Some of the people that I treat, their departments want them to get well and come back. Others, I they come to me and it, it, their careers are over. Yeah. Um, they, they, they ask for help or somebody else recognized that they needed help and, and that was the end of it. So I, I really want to see, you know, I want to see us get to a point in my lifetime, in y'all's lifetime, mm-hmm. where when an officer goes to their trusted buddy or they they go to a member of their chain of command and say, Hey, I'm struggling with something that they're not immediately swept out. They're not discounted. They're not made fun of. They're not. And it's, Hey, let's get you the help that you need, man. You're solid. And we want to keep you here and let's, let's get you the help that you've more than deserved and and earned to get. Well, and you talk about your story. You walked into your chief's office asking for help. And that was, when was that? What year was that? Oh my God. I'm going to say it was like 2004. Okay. So, 15 years later, we were still in the same boat where we had somebody at Icarus who reached out because they wanted to kill themselves, right? And they reached out for help, and we immediately got an email saying they were locked out of the building, they had to be escorted, and it was just a very clear-cut message to the whole department, like, yeah, we've got posters all over the building saying get help, but as soon as you ask for it, we're going to, if it becomes an issue for us, we're going to push you out. Yeah, So exactly right. The next question I have might fall flat because I didn't prep you guys for this, but I'm wondering if you guys have any good holiday stories from working shift, anything memorable, uh, whether it be Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, anything like that at all. It looks like Erica's got something good going on. Go for it. (laughs) 
I was just reliving this little glory story um, the other day with some friends of mine that are therapists. They thought I was insane. I am, but I'm honest about it, and it's okay. Um, the funny story that comes to mind that always brings a smile to my face, we had, um, in the city that I worked in, we had some, you know, some very nice housing areas. And, of course, we're right next to the largest military installation in the free world, so we were a pretty good-sized little community. And I got a call. I don't remember what the nature of the call was, but I do remember it had something to do with, uh, apparently, um, some holiday decorations in the neighborhood. So um, I'm going to put this in perspective. I don't know that I've grown up any since then, but I think I was probably 24 or 25 when this call came in. And so I, I and it's a, one of the really nice neighborhoods and I'm, I'm driving up and I'm thinking, what in the fuck is this? I don't even see there's no Christmas decorations on the ground. And then there's some movement that catches my eye on the top of the roof. Four uh, young officers uh, had gotten together and pulled their money so they could live in this really nice house that was right next to uh, Fort Hood, Texas. And uh, one of them apparently was an engineer. And you know the deer, those beautiful lit deer that you see sometimes people and they, they raise and their little muzzles and that, well, they had kind of reconfigured it. Oh, no. So... Here's one deer. Here's the rocking mechanism. So I did what any respectful police officer, enforcer of the law would do. I backed my unit up so I could get really good footage on uh, on my cam. Um, apparently, the neighbors who were the complainants saw me out there laughing with the four young men, and uh, that resulted in a call to the chief's office. So for those of you that are not watching and you're just listening, what Erica just described was two reindeer going at it in someone's front yard, basically. That's good. That's good. No, it was, yeah, it, yeah, that's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> Anything pop into your head, Kenyon? So I remember um, a couple of years ago when I was uh, still out in Arizona, um, it was one of those times where I was also working on um i think this was this may have actually been thanksgiving um but it could have been christmas too because this particular year we had uh, my in-laws come up to our house for both holidays and um i remember sitting sitting there at my house we were eating dinner and i was on duty still i just took you know took my lunch break out of the house and and they they call me to go out to this uh to this house and i i got paired up with one of my really good buddies at the time out there and um this we go out to this dude's house who the, apparently he was yelling at his neighbor and and that that was the whole the cult the whole cause of it but this dude was nuts man i mean he he was you know one of those guys that it's the, the sky is falling like everything's against everyone's watching him looking out for him all this kind of stuff and so we finally we kind of after like 15 minutes or so we 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 coax this guy out and um he he scared off his his wife and there's a you know at this point there's a potential domestic violence situation too and um with this we we ended up um having to uh, like he, 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 re he reached into his, into his belt line and we, um, he didn't have, he didn't end up having any weapons, but you know, that's, that's a no, no. Right. So he starts, he starts reaching and we have, and like, 
I, you know, so I'm going, I'm transitioning from this like nice family dinner of like having all the, you know, having fun and being, being, you know, all lighthearted with my family laugh and stuff. And then like 10, 15 minutes later, I'm out, I'm over this house roughing this guy up against his, against the, you know, the outside of his, of his house and, you know, taking him down, arresting him. And then he's, we stick him in my patrol car and he's like kicking the windows and, and the, the doors and all that kind of stuff. And so <laughs> I just look back, look back at that. And I, you know, I laugh at it now because of like, just, we, we talk about that kind of stuff, right? How it can go from zero to 60 so quickly. And like one, one day you're having, or, you know, one, one minute you're having just a great day great holiday and the next minute you know that you're in this potentially life-threatening situation where you know if he if he had a weapon at that time then you know it could have gone really south yeah lots of ups and downs for sure yeah i don't remember any like crazy stories but we it was kind of an unspoken unwritten rule if we get called somewhere on the holiday someone's probably going to jail like there's no reason we should be dealing with you guys uh, one of our officers took that a little too seriously. It was a Black Friday, and one of the chain stores was open, and this officer happened to be assigned like security for it. And <clears throat> I was just coming on shift, and I heard that he'd made an arrest and was you know kind of bragging about it. But he'd made an arrest while working security, and I kind of ran through um, the call for service on the computer, and I'm like, I know that name, the person that he arrested. He had arrested the head of the criminal justice uh, department at the community college that I had gone to for disorderly conduct because the guy had been, like, basically flipping him shit the whole time after some disturbance that had happened in line. And I was like, do you realize who that guy was? Like, he used to be the warden of several prisons. He's the head of this community college, like, criminal justice. And this, this officer was just firmly rooting, you know, planting his feet in the ground and, and swearing up and down that he was right to do this, even though he drugged the guy back to the department to fingerprint him and release him. And I was like, I will bet you lunch that he will be, he's going to beat this charge. And sure enough, he did. So it's about the only one that I remember because, like I said, we were, we would go find our corners of the city and just kind of hide out there and, unless we got called somewhere. But. Yeah, that's kind of what you try to do, <laughs> just lay low. Yeah, protect, protect this corner. No one's, nothing's happening mm-hmm. in this corner. But. You can't see me. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You like, can see my Netflix, but you can't. <laughs> every, I, I'm hoping everyone has a Merry Christmas because that's what I'm trying to do. Right. You don't want to be that guy that shows up at no. county when the county no, sergeant's yeah. like, "What the fuck are we you doing?" We had to. We had to cite a lady actually for a suspend for driving on a suspended license on on Christmas um. because is she. I mean, we, we had been, so this lady's driving around in like this beat up car that the windshield shattered, the, the bumpers fallen off. It's been involved. Like she, she told me it's been involved in like two or three crashes and she just hasn't been able to get it fixed because, because she doesn't have insurance. But that, and that's why I heard, that's why her license is suspended too. But you know, we're like, well, the, the, I get I get on scene and then the traffic officer comes up and he's and I you know tell him what's going on and he's like okay all right well goes back to his his car writes up the ticket comes and brings it to her I was like man you just gave her a ticket on Christmas he was like oh yeah it is Christmas <laughs> <laughs> oh we're gonna get him 
<laughs> yeah, we, I remember back when, like the first four years when I was when I hit patrol, we were a mandatory arrest for suspensions. There wasn't a mm. cut them a ticket and go. And when yeah. that finally changed, man, like eyes opened up. It was crazy. I don't know. I, don't, yeah. I think some departments are still doing it, but I, I can't imagine why. Yeah. Yeah, we had, um, out in Arizona, we had um, criminal suspensions and civil suspensions. Okay. And um, so criminal suspensions, we could could arrest you. It was, you know, obviously it was uh, discretionary. Um, But for certain things, we were towing your car. Yes. Like, that's what it was. You know, no no ifs, ands, or buts. And and where I'm at now, it's a little, little bit different. Like, we don't. We don't impound the car or anything unless you get arrested. Yeah. And typically, that doesn't typically happen very much. Yeah. We can thank Ingram for that in my state. <laughs> we used to do the same thing. We had that search incident to arrest of the vehicle, and then some guy had a hard on for the car, and he arrested the person for improper display of registration sticker so that he could search the car, and he tore it apart and found like a gram of meth, and now we can no longer. Now it's a lot more uh, restricted what we can and can't do. So yeah, yeah. just get a dog, right? Yeah. Just, I mean, just run a dog. Basically, in Texas, it's an arrestable offense. If they're driving while license suspended, the car goes to jail and so do you. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's crazy how it's different around the country, though. How people it are is. still handling it differently. Yeah. So. Well, I am super excited that you guys were able to come on. I think this was a fun episode. I'm hoping the listeners at home and the viewers at home had fun. Uh, like I said, I, I just wanted to do a quick introduce you guys and recap our holidays. I hope that you guys had an amazing holiday. I hope that all of our listeners had a, a great holiday. Hope they stayed safe and they stayed sober. Um, you know, here's kicking off the 2024. Amen, brothers. I will say um, I had a brain fart. I don't know what I was going to say. Hey, everybody. This is the point already in season three where Turk has made a mistake because he had a brain fart. Uh, once we signed off on this episode, I remembered exactly what it was I wanted to ask those two. I wanted them to kind of pitch themselves out to y'all so you could reach them if you were looking to. And I asked them after the show so that I could cut it in here. If you want to get a hold of Kenyon, you can find him at any of the major social media platforms under Tased and Confused. Uh, I believe that would be Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I don't think he has a Twitter. If he does, I'll change that later. Uh, but he's under Tased and Confused. If you want to contact or reach out to Erica, she's at Eric. I'm sorry, Erica at missionreadycounseling.com, as well as the major uh, like Facebook, um, Mission Ready Shadows of the Badge, and Warrior Wellness and Recovery Initiative. Um, also, if you guys want to reach out to any one of them, if you want to contact them, you can do so by going to www.spinningourgears.com. Go over to the contact us link, and that will send us an email. I will make sure they get it. The caveat that I will say is if you're looking for something uh, discreet or anonymous to Erica for her uh, her profession, I would go over to one of those other methods that I just mentioned. Um, but I will be discreet about things if you want to send it through the website as well. So, all right, to the closing of the show. <laughs> I think what I was going to say was, uh, like I said, I hope you guys had a great 2023. I hope you fulfill all of your goals in 2024. And I, I truly hope that everyone stays safe and we'll get through this together. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah, thank you. <laughs>